Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin. I'm known as the Mental MacGyver. My doctorate is in organizational business psychology with a concentration in sport and performance. I provide luxury level, high performance support and coaching to executives, founders, celebrities, and athletes. With me today, I have Kevin Wash. He is a coach, mentor, author, trainer, and speaker, running a consultancy business specializing in sales for international property development. He is based in Spain. And I have Cami Travis-Groves. She's a recovering graphic designer and now transformational coach for creatives. Her third book is titled Inner Growth Workbook for Creatives, and her podcast is called Deep Dive Coaching for Creatives. Finally, I have coach MJ Tolan. He is a speaker, author, entrepreneur with 35 years experience. He has lived in 12 countries and is the host of the podcast, Mission I'm Possible. The question I have today, how do you recognize a needy client or boss before you start working with them? Kevin, kick us off. Okay, well, as a consultant, my perspective on this is more about the client than the boss, but I do think the two cross over. I believe that you can tell a great deal about how a client will be with you during the lead up to the actual engagement. And if I just give you one quick story about a developer in the Middle East that I was negotiating to do some work with, and like with all these large corporations, you're dealing with a head of department rather than a main boss. This guy wanted so much information about the proposal. Every time I submitted more information, he wanted more and more. Eventually what happened is he decided that he would use my proposal and do it himself. Yep. But the nice thing, the sting in the tail is, six months later, they contacted me again and asked me if I could come back and repair the mess that he'd made, which I was delighted to do so at double my fee with 50% paid in advance. So it kind of worked in my favor at the end. Nice. That's a good story. <laughs> I have learned over the years to listen to those gut feelings that if you have some kind of internal, something ain't right here, mm. that you can check into that, whether you're interviewing for a job, whether you're interviewing a new client, or you're taking on a new project, you have those gut feelings for a reason. And so often we just ignore them or our cranial brain says, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. And those gut feelings don't ever steer us wrong. <laughs> we have a hundred million neural cells in our gut capable of thinking and we even have 40,000 neural cells in our heart. And when we don't listen to those, we tend to do ourselves a disservice. Uh, I think I'm going to have to echo uh, both Kevin and Cami and what they've said. It's, it's going with your feeling. When, when your antennas go up uh, because something is off the page, or something is out of character, uh, whether in my experience, I, it's, I've been proposed as a speaker for an event and and somebody begins to drill down a rabbit hole that's got no place there, or uh, been asked to present a coaching assignment or a training, organizational training program, and then that somebody starts to get into my lane before I've even had a chance to be, put my foot down on the pedal and start their program, I know for sure something is amiss. And same thing happened to me. Uh, I gave much more information than I should have, uh, went against the feelings that I did, and the guy <laughs> took uh, two of my ideas, published his own training program. In oh. fact, uh, I won't go into detail, but I'll just simply say that you, you do get that feeling. The hairs on your neck do stand up. I like the fact that a reminder that we have thinking and emotional cells in our heart and in our tum-tum, and that's true. 
I like that both Kevin and coach, you said they asked too many questions. They wanted too much information. That's a, a sign real quick that somebody's going to be needy. Another thing is, is if you start asking them questions like, what's your leadership style? How does this work for you? Who, what would your people who work for you say? And they give you answers that make it very clear they're micromanagers. So I guess that's a good question to follow up with. How would you know if someone was a micromanager? Like, what would you notice them saying? I've made it really simple. For me, needy means greedy. And that means that they're going to be greedy of what they want from me. So basically, these are the type of people. I don't mind when I'm away working. I work as many hours in the day. But I don't want people to expect me to work 24 hours a day. Mm. And that's what I find with some of these guys. The, the schedule that they try to impose is just unrealistic. Or they want you to deliver things. And it's just, it can't work. So for me... If, if I'm sensing that early on now, again, I think that's one of the advantages of what we do. Ideally, we can pick and choose our clients. It's not always the case, but in an ideal world, we can. And if I find I'm talking to people like that, I just don't work with them. There are people who very much need micromanagers, and it's important to know your own um, preferred style of, of being managed. I can't stand it. I'm on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, self-motivated, like 99 out of 100. Mm -hmm. And if you find comfort in somebody constantly checking up on you, it's it's good to know that that's what you need. And maybe you're looking for that in a in a manager or in a boss. That, that's a good point. Maybe we should define for us what it means to have someone who's needy. Mm, someone who doesn't respect my business hours. Someone who doesn't respect my my opinion on the matter or my uh, consulting. Um, someone who requires more of me than what I've said I, I would deliver or could deliver. Mm. Whether that's a boss or a client, either way. I was making a proposal recently to a board and I knew that they were going to be a challenge. And the challenge is, I believe personally, maybe I'm very naive about it. When you contract a consultant, you're contracting us for our knowledge and expertise and our opinions. If you choose not to use them, that's the client's call. So in the, the opening slide of my presentation was a picture of Steve Jobs, who I'm not a fan of, but he's got a great quote. And the quote is, you don't hire smart people and tell them what to do. And it, so basically, I'd already settled the issue with one slide of a presentation because they could all, you could see them thinking, there's nowhere for us to go now, is there? Yeah, I'm hearing the word respect uh, from all of you and sensing that. And that's, that's really what this is. When you're creating a new relationship with a client or even a person, it really comes down to, are you giving respect? Yes or no. Are you feeling respect? Yes or no. And then are they understanding where the boundaries are? And so sometimes I've had some very interesting episodes where I had to set boundaries in a um, dramatic way, just so that um, people got the point. I, I personally believe that you're in charge. And mm -hmm. if you're not able or willing to set those boundaries with respect to get the respect that you deserve, then you just really need to reevaluate what it is you're really doing. Yeah. Respect is a funny word because it, in the English language, it has two different meanings. And so people will say, if you don't respect me, I won't respect you. And what yes. they mean is, if you don't respect me as an authority, I won't respect you as a human being. And so you have to make sure you be you're really careful about what it is people mean when they say that they want respect. Are they wanting authority or are they wanting you to treat them as a human being? I think people generally don't like any form of confrontation. So they listen and listen and listen and don't say anything and mm -hmm. then walk away and think, I'm not going back there. 
Mm. I also think there's, you just mentioned it there about respect, Robin. I think a lot of it comes down to insecurity. I find from my experience, if I'm dealing with the owner of a company, whether it's a small company or a large company, it's never an issue. The challenge is always when you get stuck in the middle to upper management and they all want to flex their muscles and show you how strong and clever they are. And they're the ones that don't make decisions and they're the ones that want to try to empower themselves to share, I'm in charge of you. I am going to hire you to do what I tell you to do. So they're probably not going to hire anyone that's any good on that basis. But that's what I find insecurity is linked to a lot of this. That's a good point. People ask me often, how do I do a concierge service where it's a flat fee and people reach out to me when they need me? And I find that the higher level person I work with, the less likely they are to take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. I just don't have that problem. And that's probably why, Kevin, they're too busy to be dealing with nonsense like that. It's funny, Kevin, you said most people avoid conflict. I'm one of the few people that I lean into it because that's where the growth happens. That's where the truths are usually hidden. I will lean toward conflict. (laughs) I mean, I have no problem with it. I don't see open honesty necessarily needs to create confrontation i just find some people don't have the strength of character to be open and honest so where they would see that as a confrontation for me it's just a direct communication and if if people are honest with me it's up to me whether i like what they say but they won't be there's no confrontation but at least i know who i'm dealing with yeah Mm -hmm. yeah if you're the individual in this i mean you're the listener right that you lean into being vulnerable because human connection and, and communication really happens through the doorway of vulnerability. If we can lean into that just a little, we don't have to leave our comfort zone completely, but expand our comfort zone just a little to include more vulnerability, we will all communicate better. Mm-hmm. And it is about communication in the end to avoid working with a needy client or a needy boss. It's about communication and listening to what they say and using your gut and not getting involved. So that is our 10 minutes. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. And I look forward to speaking to each of you again very soon.